the G220 Effect. I am Steve. And I'm Denai. And we're here in the booth, back, bringing you God's truth, hitting you where the word gonna split you. Right in between that heart. Yeah, we're live and we're back here, back in this booth one more time just to show you what God is saying in his word or give you what God is saying in his word through our mouths. Amen. So we always say that the word of God is inexhaustible. We're going to go in here and we're going to continue to share the good news. There's nothing like hearing the word of God. There's power in the word of God. It's not just words that were written down umpteen years ago, the words that we continue to hear and, and they sound good, but no, the word of God is alive. It's living. It's powerful, sharper than a two edged sword, piercing asunder heart and souls i think soul and spirit a lot yeah i mean well i mean i mean sometimes you get a little caught up when with you saying something and you think it sound good you just like yeah i'm i'm here i got it i got it soul and spirit bone and marrow and dividing asunder yeah, everything yeah, that's within yeah. every intention of your heart is going to be exposed yeah i'm just now paraphrasing y'all it is yeah. there in hebrews 4 go check it out but it talks about the word of god being living it is alive yeah. it is not just words that sound good they aren't just words that we speak of and when we hear the word saying another very highly quoted scripture is john 3 16 for god we we actually have uh, um things that are have john 3 16 written upon them yeah 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 and every time that we go out people know exactly what their scripture is but that scripture says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life Ooh, that life those, everlasting amen those words are powerful they sound good but they're reminding us of the love of god that he gave his only son if we ask ourselves today for those that have children would you give up your only son your only begotten son the one whom you're pleased with, the one you love, give him up to die. Would you? You know, it's funny. You got that old saying. It was like, I brought you into this world, but I'll take you out. <laughs> you know, could a parent actually take out their child? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, we got scenarios we've seen in the world when, when parents have done it. But I mean, what is it really feasible you know it's wicked for sure but definitely with a heart of love which is the heart that god has for us yeah there's no way a parent would be okay with doing that there will be some kind of grief some kind of pain associated with it i mean we see it with abraham and isaac and he has to sacrifice his, his son and he says but but god will provide all along he still had faith in god that he wouldn't have to sacrifice his only begotten son and so that brings me to question you know is your heart ready for change is your heart ready to do some things that it wouldn't normally do under circumstances is it ready to do exactly what god said it can do at the pointed time at the pointed place at that place in your life so yes that's our topic today we're going to be talking about is your heart ready for change it is so important that we talk about that word change because once you're born again things should change we were actually listening uh just the other day to a video of billy graham for those that don't know he was a uh, an evangelist back in the day and he held down crusades filled with thousands of 
people preaching the gospel. Yeah, uh, yeah, it yeah. just reminds me of Paul saying, I do nothing but preach the gospel. And he literally did that, preach the gospel. And he said, is your life showing change? Because once you're born again, there should be a change that should be happening in your life, right? Yeah. You shouldn't look the same because you now have the spirit of God alive in you. And because you do, God calls you his righteousness in Christ. There should be a change as a result of just those two things. The spirit of God in you and the standing you have with God now. You're no longer just uh, 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 dying in this world. You are now alive in Christ. This should absolutely be fruit that's coming through your life. There should be a change that's happening in your life. There should be uh, uh, an evidence that something is changing. Yeah. And, and so when there's change, that means there's something that that's protruding out of you that should be showing, you know, it should be some type of fruit that shows that your life is now different. My life is now different and it looks not the same. You know, when people look at me and they say, oh, that's Steve. Yeah, I know Steve by this. But when change comes, they were like, oh, that's Steve. Now, what's different about Steve, you know? And so that's what should happen when our life is changing. Uh, and so it, it, when we change, it had to be some point that we became ready to change. Amen. So that's the topic that we're going to discuss, but let's just go ahead and dive right into scripture. As always, we invite you to open up your Bible. If you have your word with you, go ahead, open it up to Ephesians four, verse 24, whether you're looking at your U version, whatever version you got on your phone, open that up. If you're driving, don't worry about it. We going to say the scripture for you. Hey, you know, what's funny. I always have some little spiel that I do about go get on your nano and all that stuff. But you know what? We, we, we're here in this future date. So there is no nano. You can, you can, you can pull up the Bible on any platform. You can pull it up on your Xbox. You can pull it up on your laptop. You can pull it up in your car on the, um, on the radio. You can pull it up anywhere. So there is no place where you can not have your Bible. Amen to that. Actually, that just brings me to just praise God because there are places in this world that people don't have this liberty to just go on Google and, and look at scripture to have their Bible in their hand wherever they go. And, and this is why it's important that we continue in the word so that the word is written in our hearts. It's not just, oh, I need to have that Gideon Bible in my drawer. You know, <laughs> no, you gotta have this word in your heart. It's gotta be so true to you that it's your name nature but we we're not gonna get off on a tangent wait 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 wait. i do gotta get off on a tangent for a second hey you know when you found that gideon bible you know you was at that hotel on vacation maybe or just passing through you know so i mean yeah we ain't talking about the gideon we just talking about the bible you know the whole bible but let's go ahead into the scripture amen ephesians 4 verse 24 it says and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So now it's talking about put on the new man. You, you know, I love Ephesians 4, y'all. I, I, I could stay on there and just meditate on the words that are written in there. And it's just amazing. But it's talking about being a new man. You mm. know what that makes me think of? I think of Nicodemus, right? Yeah, so yeah, Nicodemus yeah. Go ahead, go goes ahead. up to Jesus because he's so curious. He wants to know. So rabbi, you know, teacher, teach me. 
I mean, you talk about this being born again, you know, as, as we're saying in Ephesians four, being a new man, like, how do you become born again? Mm, and he's mm, like, mm. he's like, but I'm, I'm old. How can I be born again? Like, he's trying to think of it in a natural sense. Like, do I go back in my mother's womb? I'm a grown man, right? Ah, uh, that would be something difficult, you know. You know, I'm I'm grown and I'm six feet, so going back into my little old mama's womb, that was my five foot two she mama. She only five foot, y'all. Man, <laughs> she have a problem. She'd be like, "Ooh, boy, you nah, I can't, I can't carry this. No, I'm good, you know." So she probably be like, "Nah, you can't do that. Nah, I'm good." Nah. <laughs> Amen. We don't. We definitely don't don't want that. And he, Jesus kind of further explains it, but. I I just think about that becoming a new man. It's, it's, it's a process. It's a change. It's something that happens that's spiritual. And Nicodemus was thinking of it as a natural sense, but yeah. here it says now, now put on the new man. It's a spiritual thing. It's understanding that now you're made in righteousness and true holiness because of what, because of the nature of God's spirit that's alive in you now. Let me let, 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 stop right there. So it's not like going back, going into the closet and picking out a new outfit that's brand new or clean it's not like that is it no it's not like that <laughs> you, you don't put it on you don't put that new new outfit on and you say oh i'm a new man no uh, you don't get no haircut and say oh yeah i'm new oh but when i get my hair done i mean i kind of feel fresh so um i mean you feel fresh but you ain't new you still the same deny you know so and i'm the same steve i put on a new fit and i'm like oh yeah i'm fresh no i'm still the same amen <laughs> oh, so, man. so it's talking about putting on the new man and it just it's it's something that is really important for us to understand one of the topics i think that you will hear throughout all of our podcasts and is it's just laced through it is talking about having a true conversion you know when we when we accept christ it's not just yes I, i'm now born again and i get a ticket to go to heaven we always say this it's 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 a transformation becoming a new man it is is changing your mind the way you think and that's what jesus when we see him come on the scene i mean he's ushering in something brand new you know it starts off with uh yeah, with uh yeah, john the yeah, baptist yeah. and john the baptist is like hey you know prepare prepare there's there's a new there's something new that's coming the kingdom of heaven is near you know awesome and yeah. then and then we see jesus now on the scene he's saying the same thing he says now the kingdom of heaven is at hand you come on come on let me teach you it's in you but i have to show you i have to teach you and he was helping even the religious leaders who to me had that ticket to go to heaven because they have faith in God but he's like no nah, that's not it it's the greatest commandment is to love God and then love your neighbor I'm gonna teach you something different oh, yes. because you could never fulfill that law that you had never you can't yeah you yeah. cannot fulfill it but here I am I'm ushering in a new kingdom I'm gonna teach you how it works so this is what we have accessible to us but we're gonna go into a story that might help us to even open our minds more to what being ready for change looks like and Steve is gonna help by uh, reading that scripture for us in Matthew oh yeah so we, I'm reading Matthew 19 chapter 19 the 16th verse and I'll read a couple of verses down and then we'll go ahead and smile and verse 16 goes as follows. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may enter, that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, 
and that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life and keep thy commandments. And he said unto him, which Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man said unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth on up. What lack I yet? So Jesus is giving all the needed credentials or, or, or uh, prerequisites, I should say, that, you know, all these things, have you done them? Uh, and he's proud. He's like, yeah, I've done these since my youth. I've been good. I've been fulfilling the law. I haven't murdered. I haven't lied. I haven't cheated. All man, these things. <laughs> man, 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 man. And so that brings me to what the law does. The law brings us to the our end of our rope where we couldn't fulfill it. Jesus did. And so that's that one thing we can say that we did everything. But how many of us know that we've missed certain things on that list, you know, and it's nothing we can we can't take it back because guess what? It's it's done. It's it's done. It's past time. It's done. It's over with. And so Jesus is bringing this back to the forefront to this young man. This young man say, oh, man, come on. I'm good. I'm clean. You know, I put that. I went in my closet. I got that new suit on. I put it on. I'm good. I'm clean, <laughs> man. I'm scotch, you and, know. But, you know, Jesus, knowing what he knew, he probably looked at him and just could see where some of his errors were. And as we read on, we see Jesus just just uh, reading his mail in a sense, like exposing some things that he might have not even noticed. So let's go farther on. Verse 21 says, Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. <laughs> so here goes that one thing. Oh, I know this guy has, his heart is tied into other things. This one thing I desire, <laughs> man, you know, I, I mean, I like to, I like fancy cars, man. Now, Lord, I say, give them up. Oh, God, Lord, no, I can't get on fancy cars. You know what? You said the wealth of the wicked is stored for the righteous, so I should be good with my car, right? And he's like, Lord, but I did everything else. You know, I didn't commit adultery. I didn't steal. I've been doing good since my youth. I didn't bear false witness. And and Jesus is like, but I know what what's captured your heart, though, you know, mm. these riches. So anyway, let's go on. Verse 22 says, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. Oh, man, you want me to give up something, man? Come on, man. My heart ain't ready for this change, man. Come on. Come but on, dog. I just put new wheels on that Lamborghini, Lord. <laughs> man, I just got a new, I got new windows all in my house, man. Come on now, man. New front door, you know. So he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ooh, stop right there. Why is that so so hard to fathom? A rich man entering to the kingdom of heaven. Why? I can't get in there. 
And you know what? Some people have taken this verse and interpreted it that we are supposed to be acting poor yeah. and not have any any riches, any any wealth in this Low, life. Beaten down, downtrodden. Yeah, give up everything for me to just do that one thing, which is to serve God, which is which is a good heart, but it's still out of law and not out of the freedom that Christ gives us. He's yeah, just saying yeah, yeah. in this case, what has captured your heart? What what really has a hold on you? Because we Jesus could see the heart of the man, you yeah, know? Because yeah, yeah. let's not Most forget, deaf. Jesus Most walked deaf. in every office there was. He was a prophet, he was a teacher, he was all these things, apostle. So 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 when we think about who Jesus was it, as a prophet, he saw, he could see in his heart the heart of this man that no, they, there's something that entangles his heart, something that's gonna not allow him to love God freely, to love whole love God with all his heart, with all his strength with all his soul he can't love god if he still has these things still grabbing on his heart so that brings me to a question for those who listen to us and those who follow us what is eating at your heart what is grabbing your heart that it has god's attention and you give god uh 50 and not the whole hundred what has his what has your attention that you're you're not giving god all your all and so that's the thing that we wrestle with that's the thing that keeps us from knowing God in the fullness instead of knowing him, you know, half heartedly. Well, I, I know God as this. I know God as this. But, you know, God is eternal and he knows all he does all. He is eternal in all he does. So what is keeping us from getting the fullness of God? Yes. So take some time and just meditate on that. Even if you're driving right now or you, you, you can think on it later, just write that question. What has captured my heart? Does God have my full heart? You know, Jesus reminds us in scripture, he says, you need to love God. That's the first commandment with all your heart, with all your might, with, or your strength and your soul, everything in you has to love God, nothing else taking away that position. Because when you love God, he first loved you. So you don't even know what love is until he begins to show you. So when you give him all your heart, then you can love others. You can love yourself. So, so he's saying that position belongs to God, but this man went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. I don't, I never heard him come back. I hope he came back, man. He sold all his possessions. <laughs> he was like, ah, you know what? I'm just going, <laughs> I'm going to put the Baptist finger up and I'm just going to walk out this room I'm slowly. You know, I'm going to slide out this room real quick and I'll be right back, Lord, okay? <laughs> you got me, right? I'll be right back. Hold my spot. <laughs> yeah, I'll be right back. 15 minutes. That's tops, Lord. I'll be back. <laughs> but, you know, we get, we'll read on. Amen. It says, when his disciples heard this, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Again, putting God in his rightful place. If you give God your whole heart and you give him your, he captures your whole heart. Nothing is going to be impossible for you. Man. Nothing because with him, he will show you, he will direct you. He will, uh, he has the manual to every single Amen. thing Amen. in this life that you'll need. And he won't withhold anything from you. He said, I will give you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So, I mean, so if, if everything 
God wants to give you. He said, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills? It's the Lord. So whatever you need, whatever you want, God will not withhold it from you. Long as your heart is pure, long as you ain't out, out of that um out of that abundance, I'm trying to keep everything I got, you know. <laughs> you know, I ain't trying, I'm trying to if you give it to me, Lord, I'm keeping that too, you know. No, you gotta be willing to give. Give. What you willing to give up, you know, to gain in God, you know, for you know, for what the what the what the words say the words say to live in christ and to, to live as christ and to die is gain so are you ready for the gain you know are you ready to let the new man protrude out and that old man die amen yes because if you haven't checked out our podcast we have a podcast called are you afraid to die and there's mm. a one and a two and it's so good because it talks about us dying to ourselves and and i really like what you said steve that sometimes people tend to ask God. We ask God for things and we ask amiss because our heart is not pure because I'm broken. I feel like if I have this thing, it will fix me. So I'm praying for a, a, a man to come and complete me. I'm praying for money to come and complete me. I'm praying for a job that will come and complete me or give me the lifestyle that I never had and out of lacking in my life. Now I feel like if I have these things, I'm better off. So I pray for these things. And, and, and to me, that sounds like a prayer that's being prayed amiss because these no purity of the heart in that but when you understand that god is everything yeah, you need yeah. that in him you're complete yeah. your prayers will change the things you seek for will change so this is why god is so interested in capturing our heart yes this this young man had done so good and in, in following the laws and doing all that he he was raised to do but then god is jesus is saying but there's one thing that still captures your heart and I see it. So I'm asking you that, would you give up all those things? And he's like, ah, I'll be right back. So and, that shows us where his heart was. And it, it's just that simple that God wants your heart fully. He wants your heart to be fully engaged. And once your heart become fully engaged, everything else follows, you know, and, and it's just, it's not like how we think on things. We can think on things and we'll think it to think it to come to pass. But when it's in our heart, man, we'll diligently do, you know, and so that's the difference between thinking and, and our heart feel doing it. You know, when our heart is into something, we give our all, our all. And we, you know, it's no stopping this. There's no quitting. We just out to finish the task. And so that's where if, if, if you if you you have your heart, if God has your heart, then he has you. You know, if he has your mind, you have the concepts of God. You have the understanding of God, but you will you you will fall short. But when he has your heart, you are totally fixated on what he has and what he wants for your life. And that's what God desires. God desires that. And, and so. As we endeavor and as we follow God, we truly want to know. We want to know, you know, because we as people, we want to know everything that God wants to do. And God's not withholding any mysteries from us because what? Our heart is fully engaged. And so he's going to give us exactly what we need, how we need it, where we need it at, where we going with it, and where we coming with it. And you know what? I just, uh, I think I'm going to share this because I just felt this in my heart. I uh, just sharing my testimony of being born again. Uh, and, uh, I, I think Steve on your Instagram, you posted something that was pretty interesting. You said, you know, how, uh, what led you to God? I yeah. believe that was the question. Yeah, yeah. And I meditated on that. I was thinking about that and I said, what led me to God, man, I knew I needed a savior. It was just like, 
I, I was at the, like I always say, my, I was at the end of myself. Like I knew that there was more to life than what I was experiencing. And I just needed a savior because there was so much going on in life at that time that as a young adult, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And I just knew, and I had heard of Jesus. I had seen my friend who loved Jesus and she was just always happy. So I'm like, whatever that is, I want it. And it brought me to that. But once I, I said yes to Jesus and I accepted his sacrifice. I accepted all that he had done for me that I could never do for myself. I wanted nothing but God. I remember, uh, that those, you know, being a young adult, I wanted to go out and party with my friends and hang out. I mean, that's, that was our livelihood. That was our life. I desired none of that. I had no more friends. I had no one to hang out with because all I wanted was God. I just wanted this man, one thing man, oh that man. gave me peace. It's like when I received the baptism of the Holy spirit and I was filled with the spirit, Holy spirit, I, I just, life just changed for me my outlook on life change. And it seemed like the more I heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the more I wanted, I wanted more. My heart was so hungry for God. And it's like that desire is, is what we're talking about, that we love God with everything we have forsaking all others. You know, even Jesus tells it to his disciples in Matthew 10, that if you, there will be a reward. Even if you have to leave your family, you have to leave those things you've been comfortable with. There will be a reward. And my reward in this instance was to receive more of God, to have relationship with the father, yes. for him to yes, start to redefine yes, who yes, I yes, was. Yes. And we know as a young adult, you know, you go through identity issues and you, you trying to figure out who you are in this world. And it was like, he was showing me who I was. Everything I thought I would be was so different from what he said I was. And that is what this young man could have received if he gave up all that he had to love God with everything that was him and not so much put his heart into those treasures. And and for those who follow us, who are, who are seasoned, I would say just continue to have an open heart and don't let your heart be hardened by life and experiences and don't allow just your life to be like, Oh, well, the sun is setting on me right now that, you know, why, why change, you know? No, but no, be, be open to response to change, have an open response to changing for the good, because guess what? All those things you've done, they're not going to last unless they're done in Christ. So be open to change. Be open to the response that God has for your life back to him. It's reciprocal. You know, I want a relationship with you. And Lord, I want a relationship with you. So that is how change begins to formulate. When you want something so bad, you begin to change because you want it. And so that's what God desires. He desires change to the point where, you know, I'm changing my life. I'm reorganizing my life to look better. And so that's what he desires. He desires our life to look better. And the only way our life could look better is we have the fruits. And you know what? There's a saying in the world that says that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> we rebuke that. You yeah, can teach yeah. an old dog new tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, not to call anyone out there a dog, but you know, if you are seasoned, there's still an opportunity to grow in Christ. Yeah, there's, yeah. I'm not too, you're never too old to change. You're never too old to chase after God. God knows exactly where you are. I love what it says about Moses. I believe it was Moses. Yeah, he's, it says that in the word that his, 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 eyesight was not even dim and 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 he had such great youth in him even at an older age so there is god can meet us exactly where we are young or old 
He has something right there and he knows how to reroute your GPS exactly to where it needs to be. Everything yeah. that you feel you might've missed. Oh, I could have chased God a little more when I was younger. You still can now <laughs> because in the spirit, as long as you are aligned to what God is speaking in his will, you get a reward for everything else. Yes, yes, yes. And if you like the response that Peter gave in verse 27, let me read it. And he said, then answered Peter, and he said unto him, behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? So now Peter's being inquisitive and asking, now, Lord, we gave up everything. We did everything you said. And here we are. We just walking with you, man. My feet hurt. You know, we carrying <laughs> these bags, you know, we carrying these these vestiges, you know, all these different things. But I mean, I mean, what, what, what's different? And so Jesus response to Peter was, and Jesus said unto them, verily, I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the son of man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall sit upon 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So he's telling Peter, there's a greater reward. This is a greater reward than what you see and experience, what you go through, the things that you value. It's a greater reward than experiences that you face. It's a greater reward than the degree that you got. It's a greater reward than the riches you gain for getting a degree. It's a greater reward for you if you live in Christ and you die and that's gain and you put on a new man. It's a greater reward if my heart changes from what it was before, day after day, night after night. It's a greater reward when I change, when I give up myself, Steve, and say, Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. Hallelujah. And everyone that hath forsaken houses and brethren or sisters or brothers or mother or father, uh, wife, children, lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. So it goes to finish even all the things that we were just talking about just now, that there is a great reward for forsaking all other this, to put God in his rightful place so that that change could come in your life. So we ask again, is your heart ready for change? How can you align yourself to God's will? You have to be willing and ready for him to capture your heart, him being first and foremost, every thought of yours that you have should be led by him, guided by him, uh, consulting with his wisdom, uh, uh, seeking his knowledge, seeking understanding, all of that, it's in him. And yes, once yes, he has yes, your yes. heart, everything else is going to change in your life. You will gain so much more than what you had to lose. Yes. So this has been the G220 Effect. And we're ghosts. Peace.